On this episode of Hit the Deck, we wrap up our Iron Man trilogy by tying up some unfinished business. I don't look at the score. I don't look at the clock. None of that stuff matters to me. And as it turns out, Tyler Sagan is a pretty special guy. He's donated rinks and he played with these Special Olympic athletes. It was really wonderful. Plus, who's the friendliest NHL mascot to an opposing fan? We'll give you one guess who it's not. That's a lot of money to be throwing off somebody's head. And I understand the joke and whatever, but that's another habit that Gritty should really stop. All this and more coming up on this episode of Hit the Deck and Theme. And the home of the Welcome to episode 128 of the Hit the Deck podcast, where we talk deck hockey, street hockey, ball hockey, it's hockey in sneakers. And hello, dear listener. Hello, I hope your week was good. Our week, uh, James and my week, uh, whatever the possessive, whatever the correct uh, grammar, grammarary possessive. Man, I'm butchering this intro. Uh, whatever, whatever is grammatically correct there. I hope that you had a good week. Basically, <laughs> is what I'm trying to say. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's going to be one of those. Oh boy. Uh, although we do actually have a lot to get to, a lot to cram into this particular podcast. So I won't, you know, I won't give you too much of this nonsense up front. In fact. Since we do have a whole lot to get to, I think uh, it would behoove us all to jump right into tonight's starting lineup so we can get right into the nitty gritty of things, uh, so to speak. So for tonight's starting lineup in goal, as ever, I am number 35, your American rhino, Gary McComiskey, and of course, my superb co-host. <laughs> Thank you. On defense number four, I'm James Sejazi, and back with us this week. On defense number 13, Kevin Frost. Hey, Kevin, how you how, have you been? You know what? Don't answer that because we don't have time. We don't have time. I don't I, I I trust you've been well, but we have to get this ball rolling. So if you just hang on for a couple of minutes, we will get back to you very soon to finish out our interview from last week. And and oh boy, doctor. We do want to finish that out because there's still plenty to talk about that we didn't hit last week. But uh, before we get to that, James, how was your week? How are you, my friend? Kind of like that intro there. I was just stumbling and trying to fight through it, but uh, got through another one. Thank you. How was your week? My week was okay. Uh, you know, some some ups and downs, more and more ups than downs, I would say. You know, I'm not a impartial judge of such things but i would say that yeah on the whole i had a pretty good week i had a hockey free week unfortunately but uh otherwise yeah it was it was a pretty good week good 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 glad yeah. that uh, we're back and uh finish up this great interview with mr kevin frost yeah i'm looking forward to that too that's uh it's gonna be you know that there's there's 
as I said, there's still some pretty good stuff left to cover. And uh, before we get back into the interview with Kevin, there are a couple of things that I wanted to just mention real quick. And uh, I, I checked out the memory to video productions that Kevin mentioned in the interview uh, last week. And, and, you know, it is as advertised. He does a lot of different sports, not just hockey, but there is a large hockey presence there. So, uh, on, you know, on YouTube, you can go to the memory to video productions channel and you can check that out. It, it's, uh, he, as Kevin mentioned, he does a lot of different, uh, kind of, uh, not, not just like the same leagues. He, 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 he gets around, and so if you're a fan of hockey or, or sports generally and you like that kind of, I don't want to say amateur, but that kind of uh, raw, up-close coverage, it's, uh, you know, it, it's really, it, it's, it's well done. So check that out. And actually, if you have been following the RSHL Ironman that we've been talking about, you'll enjoy that because he has a bunch of the C-Division stuff up there. So that's, you know, and, and even as someone who watched Daniel Wilson's coverage of it, it's a different perspective and it really gets you right in the middle of the action. So I would check that out. And in fact, I watched the championship game, which I had already watched as part of the coverage before. And it was, it was kind of fun because as I said, it was a different angle that kind of gets you right in the middle of things, but he was filming from right next to where Daniel Wilson was doing his thing. So I got the benefit of Daniel Wilson's play-by-play as I was watching MVP, which is what he kind of brands his channel as, uh, while I was watching their their feed. So, you know, best of both worlds. Speaking of which, <laughs> that was a brilliant, brilliant segue that you put in there <laughs> Oh, with the end of, of the first half of Mr. Frost's interview. That was a wonderful surprise. Well done, sir. Congratulations. I, honest, you. that was not intentional, that best of both worlds. That that was just uh, that was a happy accident. But thank you. Thank you, James. I knew you would appreciate it. And I hope uh, you, listener, you know, by percentage, I, I imagine at least there's a, a decent chance that you might have appreciated it. As you know by now, if you've been listening for any length of time, James and I are huge Star Trek nerds and... That, of course, was the cliffhanger to what many consider the best episode of Star Trek The Next Generation and, and possibly of all the Star Treks. So, you know, I enjoyed the opportunity to drop that in. As I told James, it tickled me. <laughs> it was a total surprise and I didn't know what to expect and I was waiting to hear. I thought it was something that maybe we edited out or whatever the case was. So it was a complete, complete surprise and well done. Thank you. And got me psyched for this podcast too because i want to hear the conclusion so badly yeah i I do too i want to i want to know what what you know kevin's gonna say how kevin's gonna answer that question so obviously we need to jump back into that i have left him hanging for a whole week well you know at least he's had time to to come up with a good answer so (laughs) yes all right so i don't actually have a lot of you know witty banter beyond what we've already talked about so as I said, it is a packed podcast. We should probably jump into it. Do you agree? Yes, sir. All righty. Well, uh, in that case, <laughs> I guess uh, I, I will put it on you, James, to, to get this party started. Would you mind please telling us what is on deck for this podcast? It's an honor, sir. Thank you so much. Iron out the details some more. It's the second part of Mr. Kevin Frost's breakdown of his RSHL 2019 Ironman Tournament. 
Kevin congratulates the teams, players, MVPs, refs, broadcasters, his lovely wife, and the sponsors who made the tourney happen. And a real superstar. The Dallas Stars' Tyler Sagan keeps proving that not only is he a great player, but also a great man. Last month, Mr. Sagan hosted a ball hockey clinic for Special Olympic athletes. And that's what's on deck. Thank you, James. You are welcome, sir. Okay, so it's about that time. We've kept Kevin waiting for quite long enough, I think. And how rude of us, really. But uh, I think it is about time we jump back into that interview with Kevin and and have him answer that question. So uh, if you'll permit me. Last time on the Hit the Deck podcast. I might as well head over to the A division and ask you the question that I publicly posed to you last week about, I, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, that was your call to call back that goal in that game? Actually, no, it was not. No? Oh, oh I thought I thought I heard uh, Daniel shout your name out as calling that. Were you refing in that game? I was, and that, that is possible that Daniel may have called that, but that was actually uh, Tim Corrigan, who was, the, uh, who was on the far left boards, who made that decision. Okay, well, um, you know what? I'm going to ask it, you anyway, because I don't have him sure. on the podcast. I have you. <laughs> sure. I'd be happy to answer it, though. Uh, all right. So put yourself in his shoes then. And uh, the the situation was, as I saw it unfold, was I forget which team perpetrated the infraction, uh, whether it was the Crushers or the Thunder. But picture, if you will, one team coming in on the goalie and uh, guys being it's not like a clear breakaway guys being defended, but he manages to slip past his defender and he slide one just past the goalie as he is coming in on his final break and shot just a few steps behind him. The trailing player actually trips the trailing defenseman. So he goes down and the goal is scored, but it is waved off and a penalty shot awarded to the other team. So the question I posed on last week's podcast and the question I posed to you now, Kevin is as a referee in that situation, how do you make that determination, that split-second determination in, in such a, a big spot to wave off a goal and, and do the penalty shot? What goes through your head when you're making that kind of call? And now, the conclusion. That was a pretty accurate description of what happened. So, you know, the reasoning that there was no goal was because it was an infraction before the goal happened, which would obviously negate the, the goal because sure. an infraction happened on the team scoring the goal. I think I, I I think you're you have to look at it from a different angle though. You're watching the game and trying and, and hoping for some sort of outcome, or you're invested in the outcome of the game. But when you're a referee, you're not invested in the outcome of the game. And it may, you know, in hindsight or at the time, seem like a big goal to take away, especially in some sort of uh, championship game or whatever. But your mindset isn't what this goal means. Your mindset is just, I saw a penalty and I have to call it. And anything that happened after that doesn't matter. So at least in my opinion, that's that's what it looks like, you know, because as a referee, you're not you, you're not what you're not viewing the game as a whole you're viewing the game in play-by-play actions if Mm. if that makes any sense so definitely and that's that's the best way i could explain it so to you it seems to the to the viewer and maybe even the player it seems like a big goal but to the referee it's not it's because it's plain and white that's the rule and that's what happened so you know regardless of the goal it's like well if the guy didn't trip him then you'd have a goal so it's not the ref's fault for calling the goal back right it's like you're just playing by the rules and and 
you know, those goals don't have any weight, if that makes sense. And I believe when I was on the podcast before, you had asked me some sort of reffing question. And I had said that in my mind, I don't look at the score. I don't look at the clock. None of that stuff matters to me. And I, and I try to do that on purpose because I don't want to, I don't want to add that weight to a game or, or feel like, Oh, there's only two minutes left. I shouldn't call this penalty. You know what I mean? You just ref what you ref and you see what you see and you call what you call. And regardless of the score or time or, or whatever, the situation get finals doesn't matter. It's just, you just make that call. It's, you know, it's, it's kind of black and white, I guess. I agree. Yeah. I agree with that on all counts, but I still think it, it takes uh, you know, a certain amount of gravitas to make that call. It, you know, it's, it's one thing to say that in the abstract, it's another thing, you know, in your, your top division scoreless game to take away a goal on a penalty that really didn't impact the play impact the, the the scoring of the goal that was behind the play and I, I i i'm not saying you're wrong i as I, I agree with you on all counts but you know from from that context i think it's still you know practicing what you preach still takes uh you know like i said some 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 gravitas so oh, I, certainly, certainly. I applaud you guys for being able to make that call in that situation yeah uh and Tim Corgan was phenomenal that day for me. I, I honestly, I would put Tim as the tournament MVP altogether. He was the uh, MVP for the lower B division team that he won on. He was the captain of that team. And wow. He won it, and he was phenomenal that game, and, and he got the MVP for his game. But I, I would certainly put him in, in my category as MVP of the tournament for all the hard work he did. He, he was great. He made He was a phenomenal ref. Like I said, he made big calls like that that, you know, affected the game, but he made the right calls. He stuck with it. Uh, there was a couple times where some people gave him some lip service and, and, and you know, he, he shut it down and, uh, he did a phenomenal job. Uh, you know, uh, he was just great, Un- yeah. undeniably great in that whole tournament. I don't know if this was him or, or you or, or someone else. I don't recall, but I know there was one game in particular in that same division where a penalty shot was awarded for some, some reason. I don't remember the infraction, and then an unsportsmanlike was uh, called on top of that. So it was back-to-back penalty shots. What's the threshold right. for that unsportsmanlike call to, to be called? Like, how bad does the yapping have to get for you to say, you know what, that's a penalty? And I think you can pretty – pretty, you can hear it pretty clearly on the video. Yes, but, yes you can. Uh, he said – the the player is is talking back to the ref. Ref gives him a warning. It was Tim again. Mm-hmm. Uh, ref says, "Hey, knock it off! I'm going to give you another one." And the uh, player continued to to yap and continue to talk. And you know, there's a certain point where he gets sick of it. So, all right, well, if you're not going to stop talking, then I'm just going to give you another another penalty. So, yeah, and somewhere it was like midway through the penalty shot, they yeah. <laughs> they awarded him another penalty. Yep, because he wouldn't stop talking. I mean, you can do that all night. You, know, you want to keep talking? All right, we'll just keep giving penalty shots, and then eventually you just throw the kid out of the game. So worth noting uh, that that was the Crushers game. I believe that was uh, yeah, that was the Crushers correct. that took the penalty. And I have to shout correct. out the goalie for that team because even though they wound up losing that game one nothing. He stopped both of those penalty shots, one of them pretty spectacularly, and he kept that team in it until literally like 30 seconds left in the game, I think, is when he gave up that only goal to to lose one nothing. So, you know, yeah, and I wouldn't even call that goal his fault. It was a backdoor play, a phenomenal pass, phenomenal goal. I mean, there's not much you can do about that. Any any goalie would have had a hard time. 
uh, saving that. No, that that's a uh, Greg Parlante. He's uh, and he was one of our refs in the B division. Mm-hmm. Uh, wow. He's he's one of our top tier refs in the league. He's, he's a phenomenal guy. He always steps up and helps out the Iron Man. He always steps up and helps ref. And then he's one of our best goalies in the league, if not the best at, at most times. So can't I, I can't praise him high enough. He's I started playing goalie recently uh, in the last uh, season. Uh, oh, welcome to the Brotherhood. Da- da- oh, yeah, I figured you'd get a kick out of that. But <laughs> I was kind of dabbling with it around, and uh, there was a team that needed a goalie this season, so they asked mm-hmm. if i play. I said yes, so basically I just went back and watched all of uh, Greg Parlante's highlights to see what he was doing, and I was like, okay, I'll just – if. If I can just copy him, I'll be in good shape. <laughs> you, you want you want some unsolicited advice on goal? I can give you some sure. very very simple tips. Um, <laughs> as uh, you know, as as if I'm an expert, but in in my five and a half years of playing goal, I've picked up on a couple of things. Uh, the the most important things are uh, first and foremost positioning. You always want to have your chest square to the puck or ball wherever you are, uh, and you know. If that means moving or, you know, strafing or, or kind of turning your body towards it, always, you know, kind of follow the, the ball with your body. So you are cutting off the angle between the net and the, the shot as best you can. Concentration is key. We were talking about this on the podcast last week, James and I. I was talking about how late in games I, I get tired and I tend to lose focus. Focus is super important. You know, always keep your eye on that ball. And, uh, you know, you can if if people wind up in around your crease, other players uh, or players from the other team or what have you, you know, you can you can notice them. But but try and, and do it peripherally. Your eyes should almost always be on that puck, because if you take it off the puck for a split second, you can get burned. And uh, I feel like there is one more, but I can't remember. So. If it comes to me, I'll bring it up. But, you, you know, you do that, you'll be good. The best saves are not the flashy ones. They're the ones that you're in position for. Because if you're making a flashy save, it looks good, but it means you were caught out of position for whatever reason. So if, you know, you're just gloving it or, you know, you, you can eat it in your pads, they don't look sexy, but that means you're doing your job. Oh, I agree 100%. I, I appreciate the advice, too. You know, I'm, I'm trying to work on every little thing I can. Every game, try to get a little bit better, kind of figure it out. I was described as I play goalie like a defenseman, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm trying to trying to lose that habit. You sure. know, I'm always like, okay, this guy's back door. I gotta mm-hmm. I gotta block the pass or, or something. But you know, you you leave the post wide open if you do that. So it's like, no, yeah. I, I can't worry about that stuff. I just gotta do my job and protect the net, right? So yeah, I'm getting better at positioning, I think, and and you know, it's. It's certainly hard if you can't slide around, sure. uh, which is you know a little more difficult. I think you're kind of stuck, but you know mm. anytime you go down, you're stuck in that position. But I'm working on it. We'll, we'll see. I'm having fun, so that's all that matters. You know, yeah, I'm absolutely. smiling behind that mask the whole time, so we're having fun. And try and keep your. Uh, th- this is this is one that sometimes got me a lot more in the beginning than now. But it, when you got your pad on the post, make sure you got your sneaker on the post too, because it's very easy to leave a ball-sized hole between your pad and and the sneaker if you're the edge of your pad is against the post you you need to uh kind of like make sure that your sneaker is up against that post so they can't you know sneak in a wrap around even when you think you've got it covered yeah that's a good point mm-hmm. that's a good point yeah all right you know enough uh <laughs> enough <laughs> goalie tutorials for this podcast i've uh 
I've pontificated quite enough, I think. Nah. Before we sum up, though, Kevin, um, like you said, you wanted to uh, have the opportunity to thank the sponsors and all those that made the tournament such a success. So your uh, your spotlight's on you for it. Sure. Well, I think first I just want to shout out to all the MVPs, uh, Hagen Hockey and uh, All Black Hockey Sticks. A couple of our sponsors were awesome enough to hook us up with some gear for everyone that won MVP. So uh, All Black Hockey Sticks sent down a sweet hat for each MVP. And then Hagen was at, Hagen came down from Pittsburgh to the tournament. He played in the tournament and played for the Raleigh St. Pats, the team that uh, Tim Corrigan was on. And, and they went to ultimately win. But Hagen had a nice little setup. He brought all his gear down. So he was super generous. Anyone that won MVP, you could come over and pick out some gear. So people were picking up a set of gloves or a set of pads or you know whatever he had available. He had a bunch of stuff. He had some uh, sticks available too and um, some shoes and everything so he has some uh, uncles uh, an uncle and some family in Raleigh so it was a great opportunity for him to come down and hang out with them he actually brought them down to the rink so everybody was enjoying a couple cold ones and hanging out with uh, you know with with his family so he had a lot of fun so awesome to Hagen thanks for coming all the way down thanks for bringing all your gear and and all your stuff and being super generous with everything and, and hooking people up so in the B division, the uh, upper MVP from the Panthers was Jordan LaJoy. He was a phenomenal player. He, he uh, The whole tournament, he was just lights out. He was awesome. Tim Corrigan for the lower division, Raleigh St. Pat's. In the A division, the Marshhounds team that won the A final by an astounding 5 to nothing. The MVP was Patrick Luckenbach. Uh, I hope I'm saying that right, too. I'm not good with names. I apologize, but... So with the C division, the lower division, which was the Panthers again, so we had the Panthers win in C division and B division. They've brought teams to almost all our tournaments, and they've been awesome every time. So it was good to see them win one. So the lower MVP for the Panthers C division was Joe Kaplan. Kaplan? Sorry, buddy. C upper was an RSHL guy, Ryan Weaver, good buddy of mine. He uh, played goalie. And he was absolutely lights out. He had four shutouts in five games and then one goal against the entire tournament. So one game, I believe it was the actual, no, it was the semifinal that he let one goal in or something to that effect. So he was phenomenal. He actually uh, separated his shoulder during the RSHL season, the C division final. So he separates his shoulder playing in B division and then plays the C final the entire time with a separated shoulder and gets a shutout. So the guy was a beast. So he, a few months later, he recovers and then plays in the Ironman. This was kind of the first time he even came back. He just came back hot and he just smoked it for, like I said, four shutouts, five games, and then one goal. So ridiculous on him. He was he was absolutely ridiculous. So an easy MVP. <laughs> yeah, gosh. <laughs> so yeah, I, I mean, I wanted to thank everybody that helps me out. Like I was saying earlier, there's it's just it's a whole community of these people that help out. Certainly, thanks to all the captains for setting up teams. I love to go down and name each one of you, but you know, I'd probably mess up all your names. So I, <laughs> I don't want I don't want to do that to you. But we, we just we've been growing this tournament and our Greensboro tournament, and it's been great. All these all these teams are phenomenal. They're all really good. All the competition is hands down awesome. I, I think the A Division five nothing game might have even been the biggest spread in the entire tournament. I mean, a lot of the games were two to one, zero zero, you know, with a shootout or something. So every game was tight up and down the seeding. It was really close. So I mean, the you know the sixth seed was only a few points rough from being the first seed. So it it mm. was just that tight. The competition was great. 
and I, you know, you, you try to delegate that, but you know, nobody knows people show up and, and different things happen, but it, it's, it, it was just great. Everybody was great. Everybody was super awesome. The hooligans too. The, I don't think we had spoke about them, but the hooligans from LaGrange, Georgia brought their team up. They're the team that we helped out in the Greensboro tournament. We got them a lot of uh, youth gear. A lot of, a lot of the groups came down and, and brought a lot of their youth gear and we, we all donated it to them. They got a great little great little group down there. Mm. Uh, and they're all self-taught. That it's, it's not a hockey community. You know what I mean? It's, it's nothing like that. So they're all self-taught guys. And they come up and dominate. They're, they're awesome. Their goalie's awesome. Glenn, the guys that they bring up every the last two times have been awesome. I mean, they're, you know, they're very close to winning one. I would assume in the next tournament or two, they're going to be lights out and they're going to win. And they've always gotten compliments. They, I actually heard from one of the Charlotte teams. They came up and complimented them and said, uh, you know, these guys just lost to us. And they came over and thanked us for playing and stuff. And they were super nice. So wow. they're all gentlemen down there. They're all great, great guys. And, and we love having them. Excellent. So, yeah, I just want to I want to thank a few people to make sure they know that it means a lot to us and, and they do a lot of stuff. First of all, my wife, Elizabeth, she crushes it every time. You know, she she's the face of the tournament, I would say. She, she's running the desk, making sure everybody's straight, making sure everybody knows when their next game is, recording everything, getting payments, to, you know, talking to people, schmoozing people. It's, it's, it's great. I, I couldn't do it without her. She's so good. She's so organized. She sets up all the. She helps with all the data entry and all the, you know, all the all the paperwork and all that stuff. I mean, I, I honestly couldn't do it without her. She's she's just phenomenal, as I'm sure you guys know. <laughs> You've seen how great of a, great of a work she does. But uh, besides that, Alice, Xander, Mel Lewis, like I said, Greg Parlante crushes it all the time. The co-commissioner of the RSHL, Brian Hooks, he. He refs all the time. He does a lot for us to help out these tournaments. He's a great guy. He's always setting up teams and stuff. He sets up all our tournament teams that go out and play. So he's a huge part of the league. Couldn't do it without him. Tim Corrigan again. Pavel Pelka helped out with uh, refing. Lyle Blue. Joey Delgado again from Memory to Video Productions. Certainly check him out on, on YouTube or Facebook or whatever. He's always streaming ball hockey from all different places. He's got people all over the place. So there's always something great to watch. Some great live feeds some great you know uh edited videos and stuff i mean i i know we spoke at length but daniel wilson logan staden crushing it they both did a great job in this tournament again as usual hagen hockey all black hockey sticks carolina alehouse sponsored us of course uh hit the deck podcast has uh, been great at you know letting everybody know the tournament's going on and, and you guys having us on it uh, you know you guys are certainly one of our sponsors for all the work you do so i i appreciate everybody that helps and i appreciate all the teams i couldn't do it without all these people and i couldn't do it with all the teams and i wouldn't want to do it if if it wasn't fun and all these guys make it fun all these guys that I see maybe once or twice a year from, you know, the Marshhounds from Virginia. And then, you know, like I said, the, the guys from Wilmington, the guys from Charlotte. It's a great group and it's fun to do because it's great to get all those people together. I mean, it, it feels like, like you know, like a, a, a big family reunion whenever we have one. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like uh, everyone gets together and, and, and gets to hang out. It's, a, it's one big family. So it's a lot of fun. It really shows. Yeah. But yeah, thanks to all those guys. All right. Yes. Thank you to all of those guys. And thank you to you, Kevin, for being on the podcast. I one I, Before we let you go, I have one last question. This sure. year, you decided to break it up for the B and the C divisions. You decided to break it up into upper tiers and lower tiers. So you essentially had five different divisions playing in this tournament. Why was that decision made? 
Um, because I want everybody to win. (laughs) 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 And it's, it's, it's hard to make enough medals to give out to everybody that enters so they can feel like they won. But no, I, I think it's hard when you have more than five or six teams to be able to dole out the skill level. So like I said, they were all pretty close for this tournament. So, you know, really anyone could have competed in any level. But I felt when you get past like six teams, that's just better to do some sort of split division. So everyone gets a chance. Everyone feels like they're in it no matter what. So maybe you have a rough round robin. You know, maybe you're not gelling as well as you should. We've seen it with other teams before, you know, but you have a shot at the playoffs and you, you shouldn't have to play a team that could be significantly better than you if you were like an eight versus one. So I think by splitting it up, I've certainly found that people don't worry so much about the other teams. You know, a lot of the problems, especially in the RSHL, because they know who's playing and whose skill level is who, they'll say, mm-hmm. oh, well, you know, so-and-so has a team in B, and there's no way I'm going to be able to beat that team. So, uh, you know, why am I even going to bother, you know? So it's like I, I, that sentiment I don't think should be there. You should you should be able to show up to a hockey tournament, have fun, and always feel like you have a chance to win. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. So, so yeah, uh, well, well, now that we've grown it, we've been able to add eight teams in B and then eight in C. So it was like I think I think it's a good idea to split it up and and give everybody a shot so we had some pretty sweet medals this year for the ironman tournament i was pretty happy with them everybody gives out t-shirts and we've done t-shirts ad nauseum so mm-hmm. we tried to try to come up with something better and and we we found these uh cool medals that we can make so maybe I'll, I'll post it up on twitter so everybody could see them i don't think we we kind of kept it a secret up until the tournament we wanted everyone to be surprised and and excited to get something different than you would normally get. So uh, it has the the RSHL goalie mask with the two sticks on the front of it. And then on the back, it said, you know, if you were B division champion or A division champion or something to that effect. So awesome. I think it went over pretty well. Yeah, well done. That that would be great if you could get a close up of those because um, it really looked cool with the, the pictures of the winning teams on Twitter and Facebook. But that that's very impressive. Very nice. Yeah, and that's a noble sentiment uh, and a great answer. Thank you, Kevin. <laughs> Thank so you. Uh, where can we find you? We're on RaleighStreetHockeyLeague.com. We're on Facebook, Raleigh Street Hockey League. YouTube, I believe it's Raleigh Street Hockey League. On Twitter, it's uh, at RaleighStHockey. Uh, and that's it for right now. All right. Well, thank you, as always, for coming on the podcast. We really appreciate having you back. And, you know, anytime you've got something big going on, you just let us know and we'd be happy to talk about it actually we do i wanted to mention uh the greensboro tournament in july our annual summer shootout we're going to be doing it again i got some interest from people who have actually listened to the podcast so i wanted to put it out there now we're trying to lock down the date and i should know with this month but it's either going to be july 20th or july 27th it's a saturday so it'll be one day event greensboro is about an hour west of raleigh so if if you're interested in in playing it's kind of the same format as the iron man i think we do it's a smaller rank so we'll do like a three on three with subs this time so if you're interested just please get in touch with me soon so we can kind of put you on the list as as a possibility so you can get me at kfrost675 at yahoo or you can find me on any of those things that we mentioned before feel free to, to send a message but i love hearing from the guys that listen to the podcast and uh see if, if anybody else wants to be interested we can certainly uh you know, we'll, we'll save you a spot if, if you're interested. That's really cool. 
that there are people that listen to the podcast. I always assumed it was like three people and a bunch of Russian bots, but uh, <laughs> no, that's great. Honestly, that's uh, that's really cool, Kevin. We're looking forward to that tournament, and you know, keep us posted on that. Yeah, because when you guys come down in uh, July, <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll we'll do like a live podcast. Or what are the dates again? July twentieth or the July twenty seventh? Not sure which one yet. But we're gonna get that locked down this month. All right, uh, we'll see. We'll see. I, I'm I'm not saying no. <laughs> the best I can do right now. All right. All right, man. Well, uh, be well. Good luck with the RSHL, and thanks again. Thank you. Appreciate it being on again, and Absolutely. thanks for the great recap last week. It's it's phenomenal to hear you guys are just somebody different breaking down. You know, <laughs> just just by the video, a lot, a lot of the insights you had, I was like, oh yeah, you know, and it, you know, you call out some people and stuff like that, deservingly so, but you know, as as friends of those people or people that you play with all the time, it's you're like, ah, oh, it's just them doing. No, what they no, do. of course. <laughs> but you know, to see a fresh perspective and certainly like the goalie perspective, uh, it's great. It's refreshing. All right, all right, buddy. Well, we'll catch you next time. Thank you, sir. Thank Thanks, you, Kevin. Thank you, Kevin. Ah, <laughs> uh, really? That was that was fantastic. I uh, thank you in all sincerity. I know we thanked you like two or three times just now, Kevin, but seriously, it's always, always our sincere pleasure to have you on this podcast. You are, you are welcome back anytime. And as listener, as soon as we have that date for the summer shootout, we will pass that on to you. And uh, who knows? Hit the deck might even be making an appearance down there. We shall see. Anything, oh boy, oh boy. anything is possible within the realm of deck hockey. Except for skating, because that would make it a different kind of hockey. Right. <laughs> so anything but skating is possible within the realm. Oh, oh boy. Okay. So we'll we'll get oh oh you know what? Actually, what? there is there is one thing that I remembered, and it's a shame that Kevin's already gone, but I'm sure he'll listen to this and, and he can, you know, pick it up that way. So uh I did think of the other tip, the other goalie tip that I wanted to give him. So the the third goalie tip is balance. So the, the two ones that I had given him previously were um, make sure, I think, make sure that you kind of focus at all times and always keep your eye on the ball and, and keep square, keep your, yourself square to the ball. So the, the third and final simple goalie tip that I have for you, Kevin, and listener, if you also are thinking of getting into goalie and, and you want to keep this in mind, balance. Balance is really important because as a goalie, you're kind of in that crouch. And when you see the ball going one way or the other, it can be easy if you're particularly if you're standing there for a while, not in the middle of the play. It can be easy to kind of get lazy and kind of uh, rest all your weight on one foot or the other. You have to make sure you don't do that or try really hard not to do that. Make sure you're always in the crouch, the, the, the goalie crouch, which means your knees have to be a little bent and try as much as you can to keep your weight centered between your two feet. Like keep, keep yourself on the balls of your feet. Don't be flat footed. Keep yourself on the balls of your feet. So that way you are always in position to push one way or the other. You don't wind up getting stuck leaning one way and you can't move quickly enough to cross over to the other side of the net to stop the puck. I actually got burned on that a number of weeks ago 
that was uh, I that my I think that day might have been the last time I was able to play. Actually, I'm I'm currently <laughs> I'm currently in the midst of an eight game losing streak, which is uh, unfortunate. But I hope to turn my luck around this weekend. But that's neither here nor there. So here's what happened to me, real quick. So I was in double overtime after making thirty six saves. I think I counted on wow. on the day or on on that particular game. And uh, these are like six minute periods. So just to give you an idea, three, six minute periods plus the two uh, into the second overtime. So what happened was I was getting tired, uh, you know, having played that much and worked that hard. And uh, I just I I guess I got caught leaning. I think I had made a save and the ball kind of got kicked out to near the circle uh, relatively, we don't have circles, but you know, the relative area of the circle. And I just, I, as I said, I got caught leaning one way and there was just enough of a gap between myself and the post that the shooter was able to slide it right, uh, right in between and win the game. So I, I got caught, you know, leaning and, and I cost my team the game because of it. So that's a tip. Just try try not to get caught leaning. Try and make sure your balance is centered. And uh, that ends Gary's goalie school. That's the problem with overtime, and that's why they refer to it as sudden death. So don't beat yourself up on that. And <laughs> Because when you give up goals like that, you want to kill yourself? No, I understand. Uh, the, that's the goalie's mentality, and it hurts. And that, that's what we've talked about, too, in the past, too, for anybody who is a goalie out there, or, as Gary said, anybody thinking of becoming a goalie is uh, that I've heard many a story from fathers and, and mothers of sons and daughters that play uh, in goal. And it's always that double standard where the goalie can save you a game because that's what his primary or her primary job is to save goals from being scored. But it's like you lose the game too. And it's so unfair and it's not right. And that's not because you were out of position or anything like that. And when, when you're crashing the net, and you're looking for anything, especially in a double overtime game, doesn't matter how ugly or how sloppy the goal is. It's just that that's going to be the game winner if it's legal, you know, not a high stick or anything like that. So it's 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 hard and it's not fair. And, and I understand where you're coming from. But like for baseball and pitcher too, whenever the game goes in extra innings, I really rarely blame the relief pitcher or whoever's on the mound at that point, because it's just it's inevitable somebody's going to score and in the same thing in hockey, the, the more shots you take, somebody's going to score. And you just hope that your team is on the other side and getting the more chances than you having to stand on your head. I mean, 30 over 30 saves, 36 saves or whatever it was. And uh, yeah, six minute periods. And it's a small court. You never have a chance to really catch your breath, any goalie in the LIQ. And I really respect you guys immensely and appreciate you guys so much. But when you're in the middle of a losing streak too, it just, it's like, it's bad luck and all that, but I wouldn't, there's nothing to beat yourself up about that, but it's good advice and something to keep in uh, the back of your head. If you're thinking of uh, becoming a goalie as the American Rhino said. So hopefully Kevin, you won't have to feel that sting. Well, you know what? Credit where it's due. It was a great shot by IMGB intrepid meteorologist, Jeff Banson. Yes, that Jeff Banson. And uh, you know, he, he made a great shot and, you know who else would have made that shot? Tyler Sagan. Well done, sir. I agree. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we, we've again t 
talking about uh, podcasts of the past of, of HTD. We've mentioned Mr. Sagan quite a few times because he is not only an excellent NHL superstar, but he has done so much for the world of ball hockey, in particular in the Dallas area. So I know he came up with Boston. I'm pretty sure he was on the uh, 2011 Cup champion team with the Bruins. But ever since he's gotten over to Dallas, he just says that he fell in love with the city and the area and has done so much to give back with charity work and particularly with ball hockey because it's a bit of a drier climate or warmer climate in the Dallas area. And uh, you're able to play outdoors a lot more often. So it makes more sense and to get more people involved too, to go ball hockey as opposed to ice hockey or roller hockey because those are a lot more difficult. But ball hockey is basically the first starting point of graduating from if you want to go on to uh, roller hockey and so on and so forth, you can. And and he's donated rinks and he showed up and played there and, and all that. So right on up to now, uh, last month, it was about February 11th. So, um, you know, right at the beginning of the month or so. But he showed up himself and uh, hosted with the Dallas Stars Foundation and his own foundation, which uh, is known as Sagan Stars and played with these Special Olympic athletes. It was really wonderful, and there were some pictures of it. We'll, we'll put links to that from NHL.com and so on and so forth. And it was also part of the uh, Dallas Stars and NHL's month-long Hockey is for Everyone that they devoted to the month of February. And it was just a wonderful thing to see, and, and he's a man that walks the walk and talks the talk. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's it's always great, as you said, to see these kind of events because it's it's a good cause. And it helps grow the game of hockey just generally. And I, I think it has the side benefit of growing awareness of ball hockey, which I think is really in this country. It's I wouldn't say it's taken off like wildfire, but it is becoming a real recognized sport in its own right, which it should, because it, it really is a as anyone who plays it knows it's it's a it's a fun time and it's very accessible. So the fact that he's doing this is terrific. And if he can help some people along the way, then so much the better. But uh, James, tell me and, and the listener, please, who else was at this uh, particular event? Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. So, right. Uh, not only the, um, the Dallas Stars Foundation and, of course, the Boys and Girls Club which of Collin County, which he donated the ball hockey arena to. And obviously the Special Olympians as well. But the Dallas Stars mascot, known as Victor E. Green, was there. The heck you say. Yeah. So the, the, his first name is Victor. His middle initial is E. And his last name is Green. And let me tell you, when we get into the American Rhino segment at the end of this podcast, Gritty, I, I think, has at least met his match. Where Victor E. Green, I think, is much scarier than Gritty, quite frankly. Well, in what way? Well, I'll try and describe him. And again, when we put uh, links on our Facebook and Twitter and Instagram to these things, you can see for yourself. But Victor E. Green looks like he's really tall. He's a big, furry, obviously green animal or some sort with a Creature. big snout. And uh, he doesn't wear pants. He is squeezed into a white Dallas Stars jersey that barely fits. Looks like it shrank on him. Uh, he has, I guess, they're, they're big sneakers they look like. I don't know if they're supposed to be ice skates or whatever the case is. But on the top of his head, which I really can't quite figure out. I don't think he has a mouth either, by the way. Yeah. But uh, like a big nose. Um, he looks like he has two hockey sticks protruding at the top of his head. And I don't, I don't quite get that. But I'll tell you what, though. I'm not going to sleep well tonight. He's going to ruin your night's sleep. And as they say, to the victor go the spoils. 
<laughs> so again, I, I admire. Oh. The, no, no, no. That, that, that was, was a long walk for a bad joke, James. Uh, but uh, we we had, he, we hear it hit the deck. <laughs> we hear it hit the deck. Very much appreciate and support anybody like Tyler Sagan who goes above and beyond. And we love the Special Olympics and appreciate what the Special Olympics are all about. So all of those brave, brave athletes, they um, they, they are much braver than I because they were hanging out with Victor E. Green and having no problem, having a blast playing hockey with an NHLer and uh, really having so much fun and learning the game. I haven't seen Victor for myself, but... Your description of him makes him sound a little like the Philly fanatic. Yeah, you know what? There are some similarities between the two. Uh, his nose is, it's not like that horn of the Philly fanatics and nothing comes flying out of it. But um, again, I, I haven't seen him in action, Mr. Green. So I'll go back maybe and look at the NHL All-Star game when they had all the mascots participating in hockey games mm-hmm. and, and all those other crazy things, musical chairs and whatever else that they were doing. I'll I'll try and spot Mr. Green. He's kind of hard to miss. But yes, he does kind of resemble the Philly fanatic in a few ways. So I don't know if he's just trying to get under gritty skin a little bit more or, or whatever, but we'll see how that goes. All right. Well, speaking of, we are actually going to stay in Texas and we're going to use that as a launching pad for this week's edition of... This week in Gritty. This week in Gritty. So, you know, Gritty actually had a surprisingly quiet week. He wasn't up to all that much this week, but uh, there, there's a couple of things that I want to talk about. So, as I said, Texas in Austin, Texas, this week was the South by Southwest Festival, I guess you would call it. It, it is, uh, I, I, I've heard of South by Southwest before, but I never knew exactly what it was. I, I always kind of got the impression it was a music festival, but apparently it's it's much more. It's grown from a music festival to being also a big like convention slash trade show slash conference. Uh, I don't know. It it it's it's uh, it, I guess it's all things to all people, <laughs> or or <laughs> something to that effect. Yeah, it casts a wide net, but. Uh, the reason why I bring it up is because Gritty made a special appearance at South by Southwest. <laughs> and honestly, surprisingly, from all the research I was able to do on this, I was actually very surprised. Gritty kind of stayed in his lane. He he had a scheduled like photo op appearance, but it doesn't look like he caused any havoc anywhere else. At least nothing that's publicly come out that I could find as yet well one of the things he kind of i think put on his instagram page was he participated in the project runway experience which involved gritty basically standing in a a booth with like flashing lights and and music and kind of spinning and and pouting at the camera or whatever you know mugging for the you know doing his typical gritty gritty nonsense but he he did, as I said, he did have a scheduled photo op appearance at a local, uh, I guess, bar or eating establishment of some sort. <laughs> and so the it, it was a photo op. So people, you know, fans could come and they could take pictures with Gritty. But uh, in typical Gritty fashion, he he decided to make you know, what, what should have been a perfectly ordered experience into uh, a form of chaos. 
because whereas, you know, any reputable mascot or or celebrity of any stripe, really, who shows up to one of these things kind of stands in one spot or sits in one spot and there's an orderly line formed. Not gritty. Of course, not gritty. <laughs> gritty doesn't stand for a line. He just kind of was constantly moving around the the, uh, you know, space. It looked like a big kind of outdoor courtyard that people were were seeing him in and so people if they wanted a picture they had to kind of run over to where he was and just jump in next to him to get a picture like so no rhyme or reason you know it's uh, i don't know it's i mean it's gritty so none of us should be surprised but you know even even the simplest thing like a photo appearance he has to make into a huge crazy nightmare <sighs> i don't know yeah and, and that's the other thing too that when you want to take a picture i understand with modern technology now and everybody has these cell phones with take multi pictures but wouldn't you want a nice clear picture too instead of having trying to run down somebody and and, and take a picture and catch up with them and maybe get like the top of his head or something <laughs> that's really strange yeah i don't well uh, you just described gritty right there <laughs> okay but uh, so he he wasn't only at South by Southwest this week. He did, I see, make an appearance at the Flyers game. And th- this is so I saw a video of this or at least a brief video. And I guess they were playing Ottawa at the time. And so they're in the stands, Gritty and, and the rest of the fans. And he's in the aisleway. And an Ottawa fan who's dressed in an Ottawa jersey and hat comes over to him and he just wants a hug. Like he goes over to Gritty and they kind of I don't I wouldn't say stare each other down, but they eye each other for a few seconds and then the Ottawa fan kind of sheepishly puts out his arms. Gritty goes in across the railing by the way. They're separated by the railing going down the aisle. So uh-huh. Gritty reaches across the railing, gives him a big hug and then grabs his hat off his head and hurls it into the crowd. Oh, hurls it on. off into the crowd and apparently he does this all the time to out-of-town fans like he's you know i mean i i think in this case the fan was fortunate enough to get his hat returned to him but wow it's philadelphia you can't assume that's gonna happen no i uh caps are expensive too and being a lifetime fan speaking for myself i'm very particular about the caps i buy because i always want the logos to be perfectly centered yeah. I want the the bill to be right and so on and so forth. And they're expensive too. Caps are, are pretty, you know, thirty to forty bucks now. Yeah. A pop, depending on what you get. And that's a lot of money to be throwing off somebody's head and, and especially a fellow NHL fan. And I understand the joke and whatever, but um that, that that's another habit that gritty should really stop. But I I'm really impressed and surprised and happy that the Philly fans were classy enough to do the right thing and, and give that poor Ottawa fan his cap back. Yeah, it gives new meaning to the term hat trick. Yeah, exactly right. That's that's different. If you're willing to, and that any Ranger game I went to, I, I don't, I've never seen a hat trick live of, of the many hockey games I've seen in person, but I'd always bring an old Ranger cap just in case because I didn't want to throw the one I was wearing mm-hmm. off. But I've, I never had an opportunity to throw a cap anyway, but. My daughter has of late become very fascinated with the idea of a hat trick. I think I mentioned it uh, at some point. And, oh, it was, it, I, I know, it was in relation to Rob, 
in the LIQ, my, who is ah. my cousin, and we were talking about him in, in relation to to the league and mentioned a hat trick, and she was confused. So we had to explain the concept of a hat trick. Ranger game happened to be on at the time, so she wanted to know if she was going to be able to see a hat trick. I told her it's very rare. We had a whole conversation about it. It was a, a whole thing. I mean, she's growing up interested in hockey, at least to an extent. So I'm happy about that. I'm doing something right. Uh, we, I, I won't take sole credit. My wife and I are doing something right. Yes, and, and you're playing it perfectly too, where you're not forcing it on her. So she's curious on her own and you may just have another future hockey. And plus, she, yeah, she likes jerseys and stuff like that. So she sees daddy all decked out in, in the uh, in his great uh, gear. So yeah, you're, you're doing it right. So nurture it and don't force it. Like any lesson anybody's ever learned from Field of Dreams, you're doing the right thing. Oh, thank you. Thank you for that. You're, sure. So I, I, I do have one more thing for this segment. But before I, I get into that, James, did you have something that you wanted to mention that he was up to this week? Yeah, thank you. And I just wanted to put a cap on a story that you brought up the last time of this week in Gritty, which was excellent that um, the uh, WWE superstar Elias uh, were they filming Raw or some or SmackDown in, in Philadelphia? Yeah, they were doing Raw in, in Philly. Yeah. And yes, he um, Elias was nasty enough to insult all of the Philly fans that uh, you were saying he said that their mothers look like Gritty or something really mean and yep. nasty. So to Gritty's credit, he actually tweeted a retort to uh, Mr. Elias that it was something to the effect of uh, it was really uncalled for and below the belt. So good for Gritty, and, and thank you for bringing that to our attention as well, American Rhino. Sure. And um, yeah, it's, uh, it's a fine line when you're a WWE superstar where you want to be a heel, but you really, I don't think, want to go too far. But Elias, he, he came pretty close to uh, crossing that line, if not jumping over it. For those of you who are not wrestling fans or, or wrestling informed uh, even, you can translate heel as bad guy. Thank you, sir. Yeah, sure. I feel like sometimes we use this terminology and, and it's not explained. So want to make sure that, that whoever's listening understands what we're talking about. That's why you are the American Rhino. Well, no, there are other reasons for that. But yeah, thank you. So yeah, I got one last thing. And honestly, this didn't happen this week. This was something that slipped through the cracks during one of the weeks that we were away. But since I, I found it while I was researching this week in Gritty... Uh, and I missed it the last time when we had our kind of catch up episode. There was a lot to talk about then. So, you know, it's, it's just as well. But th there was one more thing that happened. So apparently Gritty helped the Philly Fusion team open their 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 brand new season. Now, who you may ask, James, is the Philly Fusion? Well, they are the eSports Overwatch team from Philadelphia. Oh. And they had like a big arena contest, I guess. And I'm 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 not really sure how Overwatch uh, esports works, but whatever. I guess it's a big thing. And so they, they, yeah, Gritty came out like in a fusion jersey and came out to pump up the crowd and like leading the team out into the arena. So <laughs> you know he's he's gone. Uh, he's he's. <laughs> I guess he's representing the city, but no sport is safe anymore, really. No, apparently not. So, and his relationship with them doesn't just stop at leading them out at this this uh, season opener. So apparently, he showed up at their house, and and, and uh, which, by the way, this 
Overwatch team has their own house. Like this, this team of video game players has their own house, like, you know, a frat house or uh, uh, something similar, but looks a lot nicer. And he showed up seemingly out of the blue and he came in and he he went straight to the refrigerator and he pulled out some food and he rang a bell and he kind of demanded to be fed and they made him a sandwich and he he, he indicated that that was not nearly enough so they made him another sandwich nope another sandwich couple more sandwiches Mm-mm. finally he was happy with a plate of sandwiches <laughs> like a full serving tray full of of like hoagies that that seemed to sate him but um i mean it seems a little rude to me to to go to somebody's house and then demand to be fed it, it, in yeah. such specific terms exactly he did uh seem to kind of, kind of make up for you know try and try and uh, sing for his supper uh, metaphorically we know gritty doesn't <laughs> sing he squeaks but it seemed like after lunch he went out and he cleaned their pool so you know that was nice i don't i don't know why I don't know why they have a pool, but that's neither here nor there. Good for them, I guess. I don't. I don't know why Gritty was tasked with cleaning their pool, but I, you know, he uh, he works in mysterious ways. And and then when he was done cleaning the pool, I guess he decided his visit was complete. Uh, so he he went out into the street and put his thumb out to hitch a ride. Honestly, what kind of person do you have to be to pick that up on the side of the road? Ah, uh, gosh, I don't want to know. But I'm surprised that he doesn't use the Zamboni. Yeah, well, getting around the streets of Philadelphia, that might be a little slow. <laughs> Maybe. But uh, so this is neither here nor there. This isn't really gritty related. But just as a side note, since I, I know so little about the Philly Fusion Overwatch team, they they apparently they pulled some shenanigans on another Overwatch team last season, which may interest you. I don't know if you're aware of this, James, but... Jeff Wilpone, one of the owners of the New York Mets, owns the New York Excelsior Overwatch team, which was the best team in their league last season until the playoffs when a rule change caused them to lose, uh, be upset by the Philadelphia Fusion. What? Yes. I don't know what the rule change was. I didn't care to research it, but, uh, you you know, there there is... There is some connective tissue here. So that New York-Philadelphia rivalry rolls on. Yeah, and, and I'm sure what that rule change was, and I'm pretty sure that uh, we, we've talked about this again. Sorry to keep repeating myself, but uh, we have a good history here at Hit the Deck. We did talk about this league in the past and its connections with the Philadelphia Flyers and their the, the, the team owner. So was that the rule change that the Philly team was losing? So they can't lose to uh, the, the New York team. God forbid there's some connection with the Mets, too, that they just had to come out and, and do something silly like that. But I wouldn't put it past them, but uh, I'm not surprised. That. Let's, let's put it that way. I don't know. I really don't. But it sounds like Gritty is in good company. No, yeah. So now it all makes sense. It all comes full circle. And that, dear listener, has been this week in Gritty. This week in Gritty. And that will do it for another packed episode of Hit the Deck. So we hope that you enjoyed this episode and uh, let's wrap it up. Yeah. Yeah. Pops, do your thing. Last minute remaining in the podcast. Thank you, sir. Okay. So 
as you heard, it is it is the end of the podcast. So this is the time when we thank people. And this week is no different. Thank you. Huge thank you to Kevin Frost for once again coming and finishing out the interview and, and informing all of us. We will keep you apprised, as I mentioned, of the doings of the RSHL and the definitive date for the summer shootout later this year. So, uh, you know, stay tuned for that. Thank you to Pops for being the voice of the podcast. Anthony Sajazi for music, the LIQ for sound effects. Thank you to you. A huge thank you always for listening to this podcast. We hope you appreciate it. We really do. We try to put a good product out there for you. And, uh, you know, if, if you like it, let us know. We, you know, it would, it, if nothing else, it would do our egos good. But, it, you know, it would, it would help us to know that we're going in the right direction on the podcast. So if you have any feedback, please feel free to email us at hit the deck. Deck is spelled D E K. Hit the deck at gmail.com. You can tweet at us at Hit the Deck Pod, and you can get us on Facebook and Instagram at Hit the Deck. In fact, speaking of Facebook, we got a comment from one of our, our dear fans, Lou Harviton, this week. So, Lou, thank you for you know chiming in to let us know that, in fact, the no shooting on the inbounds rule that we talked about last week is something that you've embraced in your own league and, and giving us the story of how that came about. So... You know, we, we we appreciate that kind of feedback. That's the kind of quality interaction that we love here at Hit the Deck. So thank you, Lou, for that. And thank you, listener, in advance for your contributions, whatever they may be. If you'd like to subscribe to this podcast, please do. You can uh, subscribe to it on Stitcher or iTunes or Podbean or uh, any number of podcasting platforms. You can throw us a subscription on YouTube as well while you're at it. And, uh, you know... We, we would really genuinely appreciate that as well. James, is there anything you'd care to add here at the end? Yes, just a very happy St. Patrick's Day to everybody and St. Joseph's as well. And for St. Patrick's, uh, check out the NHL.com. They have their full line of great green gear for you to look into. Thank you, James. Fantastic. Thank you, sir. Oh, no, of course, please. <laughs> it is my sincere pleasure. So with all that being said, uh, we would you know like to remind you dear listener as as we always do at this part of the show that whether you are completing seemingly never-ending coverage or coming at all of it from a fresh angle whether you are helping the children in texas or making the people that love you work that much harder regardless of what you find yourself doing i would encourage you to always remember it's tech hockey don't be that guy thanks everybody I'm assuming that Victor E. Green is the mascot of the Dallas Stars. It sounds like something for St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, Victor E. Green. He'll be out with the Shamrock Shakes this year. <laughs> Big aura. <laughs>